the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Good evening, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another edition of The Advocate. Thank you for joining us tonight here in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Tonight, we're going to talk a bit about uh, what is going on in our country with regard to the assault on our law enforcement officers. Um, I remember years ago, we used to really respect our law enforcement officers and the uh, police were our friends. Uh, But now the assault on police officers has just been not going in the right direction. Uh, To talk to us tonight about it is Lance LaRusso, uh, an expert on the issue of police and the issue of the assault on police. Lance, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, Where are you calling from tonight? Calling from Atlanta. Atlanta, close to Houston. We're going to talk about Houston, Texas here in a moment. But first, tell us a little bit about your background and your involvement with law enforcement and interest in police. Sure. I've been involved in law enforcement in one way or another for about 30 years. Um, I started out as a street cop, then moved to the training division, uh, worked as a firearms trainer, um, hostage negotiator, uh, training recruits in the academy um, on all different topics, and um, worked uh, as an investigator doing fraud cases. Then I got a master's degree in public administration at night and went to law school at night, and now I represent law enforcement officers from all over the state of Georgia. Well, very good. Well, thank you for your service as a law enforcement officer, too, and a lawyer. Thank you. Uh, as you know, you and I have talked before. I'm an attorney, and uh, when uh, I was in law school, I worked with the police department and uh, did ride-alongs and all of this and, and cruisers, and it seemed back years ago uh, police were more respected than they are. I, I recently went on a ride-along program with the uh, police and had the sense you're more of a target than being a respectful object out in the community. Uh, is, is that somewhat accurate across the board? And if so, what, what accounts for that? Well, it's a really interesting uh, thing because it depends on the community, but uh, there are people in the past uh, probably eight or ten years who have really promoted a lack of respect towards law enforcement and a lack of respect not just towards law enforcement in the uniforms but also towards the process of what they're doing so um, you know I watched a video recently of an officer approaching someone on the street and the officer was investigating a carjacking and the person who he approached looked very similar to the uh, lookout that they had for the carjacker So the officer approached the man and told him to stop, and he said, you can't make me stop, and he told him to get on the ground and put his hands up. He said, you can't make me do that. And while this man was trying to, uh, you know, I don't know, assert his rights or just, I don't know what he was really doing, um, you know, as he's arguing with the officer, any reasonable officer in that situation would start having their spidey senses and their concern and their concern for their well-being go up. So what we've seen is this um, 
lack of cooperation and understanding what law enforcement really is, what their job is. For an instance, we see people fighting with law enforcement officers on a minor arrest. We, there was recently, about a year ago, there was a 17-year-old who was at a school she was not supposed to be at. The officer asked her to leave. She didn't leave, and the officer went to take her into custody, and she started fighting with the officer. So, you know, I don't think that has to do with any one particular police department. I think this is a concerted effort by some groups to lessen the effectiveness of law enforcement by encouraging people to resist them. Now, my attitude has always been that uh, there, there are situations in our communities, in our, in, in, where we live in our day-to-day activities, that police need to come in and take care of people who are either violent or violating the law or causing disruptions and we pay for police officers to do this we pay to have them trained we pay to give them the legal authority to go out and confront these situations and uh, confront these people and to take control of the situation we ask them to do that so we don't have to we, we don't have vigilantes out there taking care of all of these things and as a result I always thought it was somewhat of an obligation uh, of the uh, the citizens to respect and recognize the fact that police officers have a duty, an obligation, and they really need to uh, obey the lawful orders of a police officer. There's no option here to fight in the street. Let the police officer do his job and take it up in the courts or take it up off the street later on. Um, is, is that uh, a thought that seems to have been lost or somehow is no longer valid? You know, it's when it's spoken about, people think that you're um, on one particular side of the political spectrum, but you're right. I know you're an attorney, and, and I've been a member of the bar now for close to 20 years. We have a legal system in our country that is the envy of legal systems all over the world because we have an ability to challenge an arrest. You have a probable cause hearing. You have a first appearance. You have an arraignment. You have a grand jury system. And for people to decide that they're going to resist the officer, when the officer tells you you're under arrest, the only appropriate lawful response is to submit to the officer's authority and be taken into custody. And anything else under our system of laws is a violation of the law, and in most cases it's a felony. So, you know, the one other stakeholder, if you will, from what you described, you know, the officers are doing their jobs and we benefit. The other way we benefit is that people who are violent and dangerous and prey upon our citizens are not on the street. They're, they're separated from society based on the accusation um, founded on probable cause so they can be dealt with by the criminal justice system. Some of those may end up in acquittals, some of those may end up in pleas, and some of them end up in guilty verdicts. But we have a system, and when we try to bypass that system through either activism or blaming law enforcement for making too many arrests, uh, the system fails. So to give you an example, law enforcement officers make about 12 to 13 million lawful arrests a year, custodial arrests. So I'm not talking about traffic tickets, talking about somebody who is physically put into handcuffs. The estimates are that officers contact about six to ten people for every person they arrest. So when you look at the number of arrests alone, uh, 11 to 12, 12 to 13 million, depending on which stats you use, one-third of officers are assaulted. One-third of the nearly one million officers are assaulted every year. 
but officers shoot and kill less than a thousand people a year. So if we're arresting 11 to 12 or 12 to 13 million people a, re a year and you have less than 1,000 people who are shot and killed, law enforcement officers are not the problem. Their training is not their prob the problem. We have violent people in society who will attack and try to kill officers and the public, and we expect that they will respond according to their training. This is what I talk about in When Cops Kill and blue news and all the profits from those books go to law enforcement charities to date we've donated about twenty two thousand dollars oh very good excellent you know um as i'm listening to you talking about again the role of uh, police in our society as a whole uh reminds me of a story my brother told me my brother was an airline pilot in philadelphia and he was driving along in philadelphia one day and uh, he was surrounded by police suddenly with guns drawn and the uh Basically, we're shouting at him, get out of the car with your hands up. Well, he complied uh, without a problem. Uh, it turned out that he was driving a red Mustang convertible that had just been reported over the radio, the police radios, as uh, an armed robbery had just been completed in that area involving a red Mustang convertible as a getaway car. And he obviously wasn't, but at that moment of high tension and looking at it from an officer's point of view, uh, and what is the civilian supposed to do other than comply? Don't start arguing uh, in the street because that uh, that's just going to escalate things in the wrong direction unnecessarily. And uh, the fact that a stop is not an arrest and an arrest is not a conviction, and, and people should, should learn that. But we sh I thought we'd learn that. Um, and like you say, there's a portion of society that they're just violent. They're engaged in the uh, criminal lifestyle, and the police are just per se their enemy. Nothing personal, but the uniform and the authority is what the problem is. Uh, now, we're, we're going to talk a little bit. Uh, we're going to take a break here shortly, but we'll be talking about what just happened in Houston the, the other, other day with the police officers that are trying to serve a warrant uh, to see what happens. But... It, it seems like the police are still under siege, and uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about how to turn that direction around. Uh, pretty much um, with regard to Lance, uh, what you're seeing now, are we still, we have about a minute here, are we still moving in the same direction, or have, do we have a reversal in law and order here? Well, I think one thing that we are seeing is that people are frustrated and they're angry that we're having trouble recruiting officers. Uh, we've had people who are supporting officers, they always have, but they need to be more vocal. This is what I talk about in Blue News. Get on your newspaper, write, edit, write letters to the editor, um, get on the internet, on, on social media, and support the officers when they do things that make you proud and that, that help the community. Flood it with the good because we know everyday law enforcement officers are fulfilling a job that most people would not do, and they go into neighborhoods to enforce the law that a lot of people wouldn't go on, go into on a bet with their doors locked. I hear you. Well, we're talking to Lance LaRusso. He is a former police officer, an attorney, and an author, uh, and supports the law enforcement. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back with Lance in a few moments. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced. This is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults. The law firm of Phillips and Millie offers advice and representation in family law matters. Remember, your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part. Phillips and Millie, your local law firm on the west side of Middleburg Heights. Telephone 440-243-2800. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. And uh, tonight we're talking about law enforcement. We're talking about police officers, those human beings who we hire to go out and get into harm's way for us. And it's becoming more and more dangerous every day. Talking to us is former police officer and current attorney and author Lance LaRusso from Atlanta, Georgia. Lance, again, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. My, my pleasure. You know, off the air here during the break, we were talking a little bit about... Uh, the police being human beings, basically, and, um, you know, a, a proud profession uh, and doing an important thing for our society, yet under fire, uh, whether their department or they personally are being uh, attacked, there just seems to be a national attitude that might make police officers feel not in the best of spirits about uh, their job. Uh, how, how are our officers feeling as a general rule, or how do they feel about what's going on in our culture and society now? You know, the past few years I've spoken to uh, over 2,000 law enforcement officers from the United States and Canada, and uh, there is an incredible drive in them to continue to serve the public. 
And a lot of times when they're getting out of the business, either retiring early or encouraging people not to get into it, it's really because they're concerned about the balance of the risks they're taking as opposed to um, the benefit they can do. So I have not heard a single officer say, well, you know, if I'm getting paid X, it's not worth it for me to risk you know, being uh, crucified in the media if I use force properly. It's generally they're just talking about the benefits they get from the job personally. So you had situations where officers have been prosecuted just to satisfy um, some sort of a um, an uproar in the media and uh, vilified, violently vilified, threatened where other officers were uh, placed in jeopardy like we saw in Ferguson. Um, or like we saw with uh, Officer Betty Shelby in Utah when she shot and killed someone, and uh, she was actually prosecuted. She was acquitted. But what people don't realize was it was so dangerous that she was um, threatened with bodily harm um, all throughout that trial. So, you know, officers are worried about being supported and people waiting until the facts come out. And what I've identified... Uh, kind of is a pattern. We have a officer-involved shooting, and then we have what I call witnesses in quotes speaking, people that, uh, you know, want to get a hold of the cameras, they want to say what happened, and because of the 24-hour news cycle, a lot of times there's not enough time to vet these people. They're putting out what they can about the story. Then the investigation takes a while, just for example with the Betty Shelby shooting, um, you know, the toxicology really had a lot to do with that case. It takes six to eight weeks for tox screens to come back. So by the time the truth comes out, either through a grand jury or whatever, a grand jury clears them, the DA clears the officer, then it's a whole lot harder for those folks to say they were wrong than just say, well, the system's biased and we need to fix it. So we've seen that over and over and over again, and it's led to a lot of officers losing their careers. Um, and a lot of departments really having a hard time to even fill positions that they have open. You know, I, I've heard one officer explain to me that um, one way of looking at who are the police officers are looking at our, our whole population as uh, having sheep, wolves, and shepherds, and that police officers are the shepherds to protect the flock. And, and that's a duty that as danger increases, the need for more good police officers also increases. Uh, well, it's kind of funny. The people that uh, that badmouth police, um, and I'm taking violently badmouth police. I wonder if they've removed 911 from their phones. Yeah, I bet they haven't, because that's still the lifeline for survival uh, when things go really, really bad. Let's talk about Houston. Uh, as as recent as uh, a few days ago, uh, this doesn't seem to be ending, but. Uh, what was going on there? The police officers um, were, what, executing a warrant? Right. We've had uh, the police chief, and if people have not seen it, I, I thought the police chief and his department did an excellent job in their press release uh, trying to get as much information out as they could. You had officers from a narcotics unit that were serving a search warrant um, on a group of people that they believed were involved in the drug trade. So they served the search warrant, and as soon as they um, entered on the scene, they were immediately fired upon. Um, another person um, tried to grab the gun of an officer who was down. They exchanged gunfire with these people. I believe two of them are dead, one may be alive, and five officers were injured. What people don't understand, and this is what we talk about in Blue News, in the book Blue News, 
this is what people don't understand about that situation. So they're looking at this um, issue. It's all over the news right now. Those types of warrants are served all over the United States just about every hour of the day. These officers are extremely well-trained. They know how to serve these warrants. They take precautions to protect themselves, the people they're arresting, and also the people in the community because they don't get to choose where these arrests are done. They don't get to choose what buildings they search. So when you have somebody who distinguishes themselves by shooting at law enforcement officers when they come in the door, these are some pretty bad folks. And I think we're so enamored by this uh, in the media because one of the people who was shot is a woman. And she's an older woman. Um, I believe she's in her late 50s or 60s, and most people think about folks in the drug trade being young people. And I think the other reason why people are just shaking their heads is because we've been hearing for years that the drug uh, trade and uh, drugs are a victimless crime. Uh, the Obama administration famously pardoned hundreds of people who are in crime in federal prisons for uh, drug crimes, which they said were victimless crimes. Well, everything surrounding the drug trade is violent. And the only reason these warrants are served over and over and over again without incident is because the officers do have access to tactical weapons like ballistic shields and armored vehicles. So the bad guys inside decide to give up peacefully, which is the goal of every warrant service. So our prayers go out to those officers in Houston, their families. One of the officers that was involved, this is his third time being shot in the line of duty. Yeah, I, I heard that, uh, that going through your career, now it's not that unusual for police officers, especially in departments and in communities that have high crime rates, uh, to be victims themselves. And, and we often don't think of the fact that, yeah, this just isn't a, a risk of a, a job. I mean, if you're going to work in an auto repair shop, you're not going to be wounded, you know, so many times during a career. I mean... Uh, with regard to uh, you know the, the glamour, like you, I think you mentioned that uh, there's sort of an attitude of, of glamour with regard to drug dealings, with all the TV shows and movies and stories and so forth. Um, is that still on the uh, rise, perhaps? Because I know in the last couple of years we've had so many opioid overdose deaths and everything. And, of course, the police are out there with Narcan to help save people who are overdosing on heroin and so on. Um, what kind of trend do you see us moving in? Well, there's no doubt that the drug trade is glorified and glamorized in uh, TV and in books and music, music videos, and also in movies. That's been going on for years. Um, we know that the trade of uh, narcotics also closely parallels other types of, uh, of activities, everything from sex trafficking to terrorism when we're talking about heroin trade. So when we're looking at an overall perspective to, uh, to stop it, um, you know, the law enforcement officers that are out here trying to make a dent in it and trying to prevent people from selling drugs, it's no longer, you know, what people are billing it as, well, why don't we just legalize marijuana? You know, fentanyl is killing people opiates are killing people these are people who are addicted to drugs i can't imagine how your heart cannot go out to somebody who's gotten addicted to drugs and now can't stop it and they're being sold drugs illegally that are killing them 
I mean, there's there's incredible amounts of families who are yeah, just throwing yeah. their hands up and not knowing how to stop this. But yet, when we're looking at this from a top-down perspective, I was in court the other day, and there is an overcrowding problem in this jurisdiction I was in. And the only way people are talking about in the media to address this overcrowding is either by letting people out of prison or not having people have high bonds or providing probation or telling officers to stop making arrests. Nobody's addressing the fact that we need to stop the cause of arrests, which is people violating the law. Well, as you're saying this, I'm thinking of it quickly from a legal standpoint that we're going to have to go here is that uh, when you're dealing with drug dealers and dealing with selling drugs or buying drugs, you have no recourse in the civil courts if a drug dealer fails to give you the product or if it's a bad product or you're missing money. You, uh, that's where the violence comes in. But anyway, our, our time is up, and uh, I'd like to thank uh, Lance uh, LaRusso for joining us tonight and giving us more insight on what's going on with our law enforcement officers. Lance, thank you so much and, and all those police officers out there. Thank you. I hope people will get the books at Amazon.com and LanceLaRussoBooks.com. Very good, and we encourage everyone to do that. Thank you very much. We're going to be back. We're taking a short break. This is Nick Phillips. Don't go away. We'll be back after these words. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance You've earned the opportunity to enjoy a leisurely lunch as you sail down a European river enjoying spectacular views and the finest cuisine Portugal has to offer. Even better, you'll move on to Spain and experience the rich heritage of this country. Explore the early influences of ancient Rome. And since this is a culinary tour, see if their food can surpass the bar that the Portuguese have set for you. And yet, your adventure has not ended as you will travel to the land of poets, the Emerald Isle, You will see why Johnny Cash sang about Ireland's 40 Shades of Green. More than a tour, an experience worthy of any bucket list. Check out your itinerary on Facebook, Culinary Tour with Jerry Quinn, or go to ChristianExpedition.com. A five-star experience at a three-star price. 
You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Welcome back to Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. And uh, as we're approaching the most beautiful time in northern Ohio, that's late spring and summer, uh, we, we think about outdoor activities. And what better outdoor activity than going down to the National Park, the Chicago Valley National Park and you probably have seen the Kaga Valley Railroad, the Scenic Railroad down there. Uh, well, we're going to talk about that tonight in the next two segments. And with us to talk about it and share her knowledge is Katie Brewer. Katie, thank you for joining us. Hi, thanks so much for having us. It's so wonderful because I just love the parks and I love the train. And uh, tell us, uh, what what is your job? You work for the the railroad. Yeah, so I am the manager of media relations for Cuyahoga Valley Scenic Railroad. I've been here for about a year now, um, and I absolutely love it. It's just so unique being able to work for a heritage tourist railway that runs through Ohio's only national park. Um, I do all of the marketing. um, I do social media, um, website management, um, and media relations, things like this. So thank you again for having us. Oh, well, we love having you. We love the railroad, and we love everything it does to adding to our life here in northern Ohio. (laughs) It's so cool. Now, before you became employed, uh, were you familiar with the railroad? I had heard of it before, um, but I had never actually ridden it. I'm not not actually native to Ohio. I've only been here for about four years. Oh, where are you from? I'm originally from Michigan. Okay, that's close. Um, and I came down here for school. Oh, did you go to Ohio State? and? <laughs> no, I went to uh, Baldwin-Wallace in Berea. Okay, well, I'm, I'm sure they didn't ask you anything about that Michigan team uh, up there. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, uh, with the railroad, uh, the, the railroad has been around in the parks for how long? Um, it's been around in the park for over 45 years. Um, we first started in 1972 when a man named Siegfried Burling wanted to create a connection between uh, the Cleveland Zoo and Hale Farm and Village. Um, so he created what was then the Cuyahoga Valley Preservation and Scenic Railway Association um, as a nonprofit organization to run train rides to connect people um, from Cleveland uh, down to Hale Farm and Village. So did it start at the Cleveland Zoo back then? Yes, so it did. So it, he wanted to, you know, create an awareness of Hale Farm and Village and to kind of connect 
um, you know, the two areas of mm-hmm. Northeast Ohio. Um, and so by doing so, um, not only would he, you know, get more visitors to Hale Farm and Village, but it would also benefit uh, the Cleveland Zoo. How far does the railroad go now? Right now we run along 26 miles of track from Independence to Akron, and most of that is throughout Cuyahoga Valley National Park. So we operate within a partnership with the National Park. Um, So they own and maintain our tracks. Um, We're not technically together. We are separate entities, um, but it's really great having that partnership there and being able to help each other out. When we watch the train driving through places or riding through places like Peninsula, Ohio, we see uh, conductors and engineers waving and that kind of thing. Are, are they paid employees or are they volunteers? No, so they're actually all volunteers. Anytime that you step on the train um, and you see anyone on the train from our conductors, engineers, brakemen, trainmen, uh, platform attendants, those are all volunteers. Those are people who have spent many, many hours in training to get where they are today. Um, and a lot of our volunteers are with us for, you know, 5, 10, 15 years. And actually, a few of our volunteers have been with us since the railway started. Um, so it's really special for us to, you know, have volunteers that, you know, care so much about the train um, and are so passionate about it and are so willing to you know, share the train with visitors and, you know, help them make these amazing memories. Our volunteers are also the ones who are doing a lot of the maintenance on the cars. And so that's something that not a lot of people know is that our volunteers work behind the scenes um, in our train yard and our shop to keep the trains up and running. Um, everything from, you know, fixing a leaky, leaking faucet to uh, you know washing the windows on the train cars so those are all volunteers do you have to have experience working on a railroad to um, be a volunteer absolutely not <laughs> oh. we have a lot of people who um, you know they may have grown up around trains and they really love trains and it was such a big part part of their childhood um, so they want to come out and they you know love the feeling of you know, that nostalgic feeling of the train, um, because it is such a nostalgic feeling. Um, And then we have other people who, you know, they may not be very interested in trains at all, (laughs) even still volunteering, um, but they just just want to do it just to be involved and, you know, kind of give back to the community, um, whether they're retired or still working um, and just looking for, you know, something else to do. And our volunteer group is such a strong core group. So we have over 1,800 volunteers and um, it's really, it's more so like a family. Um, just because everyone is so tight-knit and we do have, you know, such a big group of volunteers. With the volunteers, you said they have to go through training. Where is the training uh, given and, and how much training do they have to go through? Right, so we have trainings about once a month. Um, and it's just a, there's two parts of it. And so there's an in-classroom portion of it so um, you know you come in we kind of tell you about the railroad we tell you about the different positions there are um, because we have a variety of different positions on the train and off the train 
Um, and then that following, usually it's like the following Saturday, we do an onboard training. So we get all of our new volunteers on the train for one run of the National Park Scenic Excursion. Um, and we, you know, teach them, how, you know, where things are on the train, you know, what to say during your speech. Um, and then during your first couple runs as a trainman um, or in a new position, you'll be shadowing another volunteer who's doing that role. For our conductors and our brakemen and our engineer, those are a little bit those are a little bit more intense of trainings. Um, so for conductors, you have to have a certain number of hours, and for brakemen and engineers, since you are actually running the train, um, we have to go through um, more intense training as well. If someone would volunteer and they would go into an entry-level volunteer training and then they would, uh, I would assume, show up on a schedule, what would they be doing typically? Right, so we have a couple different onboard opportunities. So one is our trainmen, and so our trainmen are the ones who are greeting passengers. So they are opening the trap doors to the train. They're putting down the steps. Um, they are checking tickets and helping people board, directing them in the way of the concession car, where their seats are. Um, they're going around once the train starts moving and checking tickets. They're making sure that everyone is being safe, so they give a safety speech. Um, and, and in the case of an emergency, they would be the ones responsible for making, the pa making sure the passengers get off board safely. We also have serving opportunities, so we do a variety of special events that require, um, you know, beverage or food serving. So if you're doing that, what you'll do is you'll set up for the event, um, you'll help pass out food, or you'll pour beer or wine, um, and then you'll help clean down the event when it's over. Uh, we have about a minute to go for this segment, but uh, how many hours do people put in typically a month, or is it up to them? It's up to them, and that's the beauty of our volunteer program. We don't require you to come out, you know, X amount of hours per month or days. Um, it's purely up to the volunteer. We have some volunteer groups, um, like Groups of Friends who volunteer every Tuesday and Thursday. We have some people who only do Saturdays. We have, you know, some volunteers who only like to do the special events, so they only serve on Friday night events. Um, and, you know, it's really nice that we offer that because a lot of volunteer programs you have to, you know, come regularly to be a volunteer. Um, but with us, you can come, you know, however much you want, whether that be, you know, four times a week or once a year. Um, it's it's a really really neat pretty um, pretty wide open yeah. Well, very yeah. good. Well, we're talking to uh, Katie Brewer. She's media relations at Cuyahoga Valley Scenic Railway. You've seen it or heard about it, and uh, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back with Katie and talk more about the railroad and what's going on this summer and what are some of those events they have. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. We're going to take a short break and be right back. Don't go away.
More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select insurance for your insurance needs. On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. Wounded Warrior Project was created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war, whether those scars are physical or mental. Wounded Warrior Project. We never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. You've earned the opportunity to enjoy a leisurely lunch as you sail down a European river enjoying spectacular views and the finest cuisine Portugal has to offer. Even better, you'll move on to Spain and experience the rich heritage of this country. Explore the early influences of ancient Rome. And, since this is a culinary tour, see if their food can surpass the bar that the Portuguese have set for you. And yet, your adventure has not ended, as you will travel to the land of poets, the Emerald Isle. You will see why Johnny Cash sang about Ireland's 40 Shades of Green. More than a tour, an experience worthy of any bucket list. Check out your itinerary on Facebook, Culinary Tour with Jerry Quinn, or go to ChristianExpedition.com. A five-star experience at a three-star price. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with our final segment of The Advocate for tonight. And we're having fun actually talking about the Kaga Valley Scenic Railway and the uh, Kaga Valley National Park. And with us tonight from Kaga Valley Scenic Railway is Katie Brewer. Katie, again, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. Oh, it's uh, so good just picturing. Every time we're talking about the railroad, I'm picturing a beautiful uh, day with the trees and the warmth and the trains and so on. Um, you know, when the railroad started down there, you said like 40-some years ago, they used to have a steam locomotive. Uh, is that still in possession of your group, or is that, is that gone forever? Right. So we have a historic connection to steam engines, and so we would never want to lose that part of our history. 
So every year for a while now, we've been bringing in historic steam locomotive, uh, nickel plate railroad, uh, 765 from Fort Wayne, Indiana. And it comes in during steam in the valley, we call it, and it's the last two weekends of September. And we give people the chance to ride the steam engine through Cuyahoga Valley National Park and hear, you know, the sound of the whistle like it once was, um, you know, 30 years ago. Um, so that is, since it is such a big part of our history, um, we try to do that every year just so that people have the opportunity to um, see and hear a steam engine because it truly is a magnificent sight and sound. It, it is. Um, I think we've all seen pictures and maybe movies or videos of steam engines, but unless you're standing near the track watching one go by, you cannot uh, imagine the tremendous power and weight and uh, momentum that a steam engine has. Right. It, it's, it's absolutely something. incredible. And, and you watch the steam and it's just, you can hear it coming around the corner and you can see the steam and it's blowing off all the, all the leaves from the trees. Um, and you, you know, kind of, you feel the vibrations in the ground as it's coming. That's what's most memorable is feeling the vibrations uh, mm-hmm. of the ground. It just feels heavy. And uh, also you get introduced to uh, little particles of burnt coal coming out of the smoke. Yes. <laughs> little cinders dropped all around you. But, uh, well, you mentioned that's going to be in the last uh, two weekends in September. And, uh, yes. We've, yep. we've, we've gone out there to watch that a uh, couple of years, and there are really uh, hobbyists who just know everything about these steam engines. Like you said, 765. I'm sure people realize the nickel plate engine 765, they know all the dimensions and the horsepower and what years it was in service and all of that stuff. Right. They they know more than we do. <laughs> um, yeah, we have a, we attract a lot of avid rail fans um, during the end of September for that event just because it truly is a spectacular sight and um, 765 makes for wonderful photographs. Now, I love riding my bike down on the towpath down there in the National Park. And uh, when uh, we leave our car up at Brecksville, we ride down to Peninsula, have lunch, and then we like coming back on the train. Is that still a program for this summer, this season? Yeah, so we still offer bike aboard. Uh, it started at the beginning of May, and it's going to run through the end of October. Mm. It's one of, in my opinion, it's one of the best ways to, um, you know, ride the train and see the national park if you just have a limited amount of time. We charge, it's just a fee of $5 to get on the train um, for one way, once a day. Um, and you can, you know, like you said, um, bike down to the station, get on the train, take the train back to where you parked, or you can um, get on the train first and then, you know, bike back to where you were. Um, it's a really great way to, you know, just be active, especially on a nice day. And with the, we're so, um, you know, lucky to have the towpath trail uh, following right along with the Cuyahoga River and, and the train tracks. And we also offer kayak aboard, um, so you can kayak down the Cuyahoga River and then bring your kayak aboard for $10 for a single or $15 for a double. That, uh, I'm, I'm again, as we're, we're talking, 
bring what this looks like. <laughs> and uh, I picture an 80 degree summer day, you know, and it's just wonderful. Yeah. But, it's uh, nice because the, the train's air conditioned too. So when you're really hot from biking, you can get on the train, sit in a, you know, ice cold car, and we have a concession car on board. So you. So you can buy hot dogs and um, beverages and just cool down. Oh, well, again, it sounds delightful. Um, you used to have Thomas the Train coming out. Is that something that still goes on? Right. So unfortunately, we will not be able to bring Thomas back this year um, due to construction of the Boston Mill Visitor Center. Uh, so we won't be able to host it at the site uh, with that construction going on I and see. the future traffic. Um, but we do have a we we have added a lot more family friendly events because we aren't bringing that back. So we do things like our family fun loop. We do crafts on the train. Um, we do read a board. So during the week families can get on board, read a story, they do crafts, we do animal workshops, we have superheroes and princesses on the train, um, so we do a lot more family-friendly events. What's your website where people can find out about all of these activities? Right, so you can check us out at cvsr.org. Uh, we list all of our excursions. We have a lot, you know, from Friday night events like trivia and bingo on the train to our beer and wine tasting trains and our popular dinner on the train excursions. You know, one of the things when you were talking about volunteers, I'm thinking if you had like a, a group of friends, like three or four couples who wanted to volunteer, could they like come out at the same time? And do their yeah, volunteer group. Have definitely. You seen? Do they so do that? we so we have options for that. Um, and one great volunteer opportunity, if you're really looking for you know to kind of bond with your friends or something, um, is our Polar Express train ride. Um, so that happens every November and December, and we run for uh, forty nights. Um, trips out of both Rockside and Akron each night. We, we require hundreds of volunteers every night. Um, so you could do something on board the train. Um, you could be a chef or a server where you're actually, you know, showing the kids a story and serving hot cocoa. Or you could be an elf at the North Pole, which is really fun because then you get to see the kids' faces pressed against the glass. Well, that, that sounds so much fun. It sounds so delightful. Uh, that, that's been something that's been around here for years as well. Uh, what, what's in the future for the Scenic Railroad? Um, well, we are just chugging along. <laughs> we are in the middle of a capital campaign. Mm -hmm. um, so we're looking to make some more fleet enhancements to uh, just enhance the experience of our for our visitors we are looking to add a edutrainment car so we're trying to bring a children's museum to life on the rails so we are kind of gutting out our one of our old cars and making it so that it has interactive um, displays and exhibits so that families have something to do once they get on board the train um, we're also looking at you know other simple fleet enhancements um, you know, like fixing a lot of things um, like our HVACs, um, and we also plan on adding um, a handicap-accessible dining car. Hmm. Uh, a question comes to mind with regard to using the train. 
Uh, can groups like charter the train or a car or something for a special event of their own? Yeah, so that's one thing that not a lot of people, um, you know, think of when they think of Cuyahoga Valley Scenic Railroad uh, is coming out for something like celebrating an anniversary or a birthday. You can rent uh, a private car, so you can have that car all to yourself, and we work with you on setting up, you know, what food you may want, uh, whether that be, you know, a light breakfast um, or appetizers with bar service. And we also do offer group bookings for groups of 20 or more. Um, so you can give us a call um, at 1-800-468-4070, and we can help you book your group. Well, that, that sounds wonderful. And again, thank you so much for joining us. Of yeah, thank all, you. Yes, of all I've heard, uh, I feel like just saying, see, we can have a lot of fun here in the Cleveland area. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. If you haven't, you know, anyone who hasn't been out in a while, um, you got to get on the train. It's just, it's absolutely stunning to um, see Cuyahoga Valley National Park, especially in the summer when everything is just so um, green um, and there's so many people in the park and there's so much to see. Well, thank you so very much. Katie Brewer from the Cuyahoga Valley Scenic Railroad. Thank you so very much. Thank you. And thank you for listening tonight. We'll be back next Sunday right here on WHK. Same time, same station. So between now and then, have a great week. Good night. And I sat and watched the Zanzibar sunset Sat and drank my fresh mint tea With nothing to do until morning And only my mind Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.